Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi folks, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. My name is Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined with Colin Cronin and Stuart Roach. Can I just make a public apology to these two gents on this podcast for not being on this podcast for the last three weeks and thank them for, uh, frankly, just taking the reins. So Colin, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, Michael. Obviously, coming the back off the back of a, a fantastic uh, few days in London, which culminated in the win, which was uh, great. Um, there's been new sense, which we will get into. So, yeah, quite quite the week in Broncos country. Stuart, uh, I think just on what Column said there, it really was um, just a fantastic weekend, man, and. I think it's something that we'll look back on in years to come with uh, very, very fond memories and may it happen again soon. Yeah, I think um, absolutely, Michael. My only regret was I didn't manage to get over on the Saturday. I left it to the, uh, the very, very last minute. I left it to the very last minute to get over and I also almost left it to the very last minute to get out of London on uh, Sunday night as you two chaps accompanied me on the train and I began to sweat like that uh, that meme um, but it was a great it's funny how 
Oh, victory colours everything really, isn't it? Because I think we all could have had a very different... I mean, it was a tremendous experience and, you know, we, we were really, really well looked after and hats off to yourself, Mick, for organising most of it and, and just the NFL in general. It was a phenomenal experience. If we hadn't engineered that last-minute drive to win it with uh, Williams' sensational interception to seal the deal, we probably would have had um, a slightly different opinion of, of how the weekend had played out. And I think, you know, it was vitally important that, like, the Broncos' season was was teetering on the brink. It really was. Two and um, two and five, was it, or two and six, it would have been, um, uh, we're toast, it's over, it's done. So there would have been more than Bradley Chubb traded, you imagine. Whereas now, I think we still have a punches chance. We've left ourselves a lot of work to do, but at least we're still in there. You know, we've got one or two games coming up that we should win. We've got a very difficult stretch, but we're, we're still alive, which I think is all you could have hoped for. We made bloody hard work of it, but we're still alive. So uh, just a phenomenal. It was my first time ever seeing the Broncos. Um, so that was, for me, it was a really special moment. And uh, my old pal uh, who listens to this every week, Connor, who started supporting the Broncos at the same time as me in uh, September 1985, he was there with his son. Um, so it was the first time he'd seen them as well. So just a phenomenal weekend. It was great to see Broncos country from all over the world. Um, obviously, Europe, you know, we we, we we promised that we were going to turn it orange. And I think we we did a damn fine job. So hats off to everybody in Broncos country and thank the stars we got the win. So brilliant weekend, Dominic. Fantastic. Just just thanks to everyone that sort of came up to any of us throughout the weekend and said hello as well. I think um, Colm, um, have a weekend, man. Like, I think, you know, we, we'll, we will look back on this. I mean, we had it over a few days before Stuart. Um, we stayed in the team hotel. We went to training over the last few days. Uh, I feel like we could talk about this on a on an eight, eight-part miniseries podcast. But um, it, I think without getting too emotional, et cetera, it, um, it's definitely the best experience I've had probably outside of the Super Bowl on, on, on the NFL. It's probably up there, to be honest with you. That's how enjoyable the weekend was from, from my own viewpoint. Um, but just 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 a great game, a great weekend, a great result. But uh, more importantly, the, the streak is over. I finally seen the Broncos win the game. And um, it's it's definitely different when you're sitting in a press box and your team wins the game and you're trying not to celebrate, like tapping your... What did you boys do? Did you just sit there and just chill? Or what was the uh, what was the protocol whenever that interception happened? Yeah, it was... Um, unfortunately, yeah, you, you have to sit in your, your hands a, a little bit... Um, and just enjoy and, and kind of revel in the the moment you, yourself. But I suppose just adding, Michael, to, you know, because listeners, especially stateside, might not be aware of the fact that, like, the commitment that the Broncos had to the fan experience was incredible. To the, the bar was absolutely packed every night. So kudos to the fans for showing up, but kudos to the Broncos also for obviously Steve Atwater was there, but team president Devani Leach was there. Um, obviously comms and marketing were there, but the ownership group were there. I don't think there are that many uh, franchises out there where the ownership group uh, would uh, show up. And I think that is a real testament to how the Broncos want to grow the fan base around the world. Uh, we saw and we met and um, the Broncos Europe party on Saturday night was phenomenal fans from Germany, from Spain, from Italy, from France, from the States, from Australia. Um, 
from all over the, the UK and Ireland and further afield. Um, and I, I just think, you know, it, there were, it was the, uh, the biggest ever attendance at an NFL game in the, the UK. And the, I would say you could see significant pockets of orange. It was supposed to be a Jags home game, um, but I think we outnumbered the, the Jags. And I think the Broncos fans were far, far louder than the Jags as well. Yes, Stuart, over 200 staff members, including the ownership, etc., flew over. Uh, which I think said a lot about the team's commitment. I think um, that this could maybe be a discussion for a podcast in the off season. But um, going on what Colin has said there, I I was blown away by the amount of fans in the crowd. I I, I was sort of worried a wee bit that with the start to the season that we had had, I was concerned that maybe maybe people might have been turned off it and they weren't. And um, they definitely played a part in Sunday when when you heard some of the plays, you felt like you were at a mini mile high, which was uh, which was pretty good. I mean, let's um let's let's jump on the game itself. The, don't get off to the best start for <laughs> going down seven to zero against the Jaguars. And I guess you're at the start on. Let's look at that pivotal moment. Um Yeah, yeah, I mean, with we, we spoke, Justin Simmons. Yeah, we spoke about that on on, on um one of what seemed like 14 trains um, that took us back to the airport after the game. Um, it, it was a huge moment. Uh, I think it was a pivotal moment in the game and it was a pivotal moment, I think, hopefully in the Broncos season um, because we we really came out very sluggish. Russell Wilson threw what should have been a pick um, in the series before. Then he threw a pick um, which was uh, punched home by the Jags to make it 7-0 and we were really... Um, and then the Jaguars, uh, through a combination of uh, you know shifty play, Travis Etienne looked like the player Travis Etienne looked like in college. Um, he's very shifty. He seems to always beat the first tackler. He he was real, sort of. He was kind of their only real source of offense for most of the game. The Jags, but they had a chance. They had first and goal on the one yard line. Um, and then for some, I know we have had issues with some of our play calling in the red zone. Um, I will say, in fairness to Hackett, I don't think any any of us have seen us rolling out to the right on first and goal from the from the one yard line, um, and then throwing it. It was a ridiculous play call, um, and it was poorly executed. And Justin Simmons pulled off a brilliant interception, and that completely changed the tone of the game because I don't think it's been too dramatic to say, Mick, the way we've come out of the blocks, um, and the way we had been playing in the last couple of weeks, fourteen nil down after you know, not even the end of the first quarter would have felt like virtually insurmountable. Um, certainly the mood and in, in, even though as Colin was saying, we're in the press box, so you're slightly detached from it, but you could feel the mood in the stands. Um, when that first interception went uh, from Wilson, you could feel the mood turned. Um, if that had gone in, I, I, I was genuinely worried that we were, we were, we were going to let, you know, we were going to embarrass ourselves. And um, so thankfully, I have no idea who the Jaguars offensive play caller is, um, but that was preposterous. That's three runs. That's four runs. Um, first and goal from the one yard line. No questions asked. So that, I think, was a massive point um, because it kind of kept us in it, even though we were scrambling around. Like, Colin, we were given the um, you given the stats. Um, and we were given the stats at the end of the first quarter, and it was it was horrendous. Um, <laughs> the, Broncos, the Broncos, I think, had mustered something like eighteen yards of total offense in the first quarter, something something like that. Um, but I think the Jaguars, um, they've got a decent defense, and I think they um, they've got a good pass rush. 
and I know Michael, we've been talking about this on the on the podcast for some time. And um, the Broncos' awesome offensive line is not performing the way I think any of us had hoped. Obviously, Bowles going down, even though Bowles hadn't played as well as he had done previously, was a, was a huge loss. I was massively concerned, um, and it, you know, it 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 was just brought home clearly by my own eyes. Um, the interior of the Broncos' offensive line is 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 really just it's it's malfunctioning. I think, and you don't wish an injury on any player. I think it improved when Lloyd Cushenberry went off injured, and um, when Graham Glasgow came in. Um, so I think, but I think that's something that, and I know we're going to touch on it later on. We've obviously managed to get back into the first round now for next year. And I think that is something that has to be spent for me. That capital has to be spent on offensive line or else what's the point? Russell Wilson is very good at climbing the pocket. Russell Wilson has got still got some wheels. He's got some escapability um, and he needed it because it seemed to me like every time Russell Wilson dropped back, there was a guy in his face. Um, so we kind of hung around, we clawed our way back into the game. Um, we really struggled for quite some time but then it seemed like when we needed something we got we got it and I thought in fairness Cortland Sutton probably didn't have his best game but in his stead Jerry Judy showed up um and I thought Judy looked really good they had that deep pass I think for the for the third down which then we we went with the hot hand and we we, we pulled off what was a really clever um jet sweep to Judy which I don't think any of us expected and Judy punched it in so I think that kind of kept us in there um and then you know it, it was a bit of a, a bit of a dog of a game for long stretches, and I think then, to me, Michael, the really important thing was that ninety-eight yard drive just uh, in the third quarter. I let Colin take over from there, but that that was to me was the point where I began to feel like I think we can win this now. Colin, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because I sort of I sort of mentioned it there. Now I. We, we we were we weren't beside each other on Sunday, but I was texting you, and I sort of was I was surprised at how poorly we started the game. Uh, it was very disappointing, especially when we had been out there since the Tuesday. The Jags get in on the Friday, and it looked the other way around in terms of rustiness on 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 the field at the start of the game. And um, more of a discussion for a Jaguars podcast, but that play where Justin Simmons intercepted Lawrence was we were right, we were right in front of it. It was. What was going on there? But a great play from Simmons, and he said, he said, and we were there for the uh, the presser afterwards. He was going to leave at some point this week if his uh, wife had given birth to uh, his new baby or new son or daughter. I'm not sure if he had a son or daughter, but he did. He had a ba- they had a baby boy. So huge baby congratulations boy. to the the Simmons the family on the new arrival. There a day uh, he got back to the uh, the United States. Um, the the baby arrived. I mean, talk about timing. I mean, it was as if everything was just written in the stars. But um, I remember the, not to go into it too much, but the the mood, the vibe around halftime especially was, uh, it wasn't great. And Stuart mentioned at the start, you know, it's amazing your whole week can just sort of be a bit flattened if you don't actually win the game. And that sort of goes to that point. Um, but that that last play of the second half, Russell Wilson, what 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 did you think whenever that happened? Because I was sitting like this, like I know we're on an audio podcast, but I was sitting going, "What in the hell am I watching here? Am I actually sitting in London watching the Broncos play, and this is happening right now?" It was uh, it was concerning, but they turned it around a bit in the second half, mate. Yeah, they did, and and the thing is, the the sheer number of penalties that we gave away in that 
first half was enormously concerning. I think that, you know, Stuart has talked about the pivotal moment and you've mentioned the, the Simmons interception. But part of that was because the Broncos had just given away a significant number of penalties even by that point. And the crowd was getting restless because um, some of the penalties that we did give away were just mind-blowing, you know, like uh, delay a game after scoring the, the touchdown on the kickoff. The, a false start by your centre the guy who controls the start of the game. And unfortunately for Lloyd Cushenberry, that was his second uh, false start penalty in the, the month of October. Um, so if he is out for some time and Glasgow comes in, um, you know, the, 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 he may not get the, that starting job back if um, Glasgow lives up to expectations. So there, there were some absolutely head-scratching moments. Delighted we got the, the victory. But that is a, it's a, bad Jags team um, it really is it's a Jags team that is, needs a, a huge amount of work so I am pleased that that we did it we really have a lot to build on um, but as Stuart said in the key moments players came up big time whether that was Judy whether that was Dulcich whether that was Hamler or whether that was the, the defense time and time again um, but the other piece Michael that was certainly the kind of talk of the, the town after the game was the referee talking uh, our head coach out of taking uh, a timeout <laughs> and sorry go ahead. what was going on there well just if anybody wants to jump in let's go for it we in, in the press box we had the we had the ESPN coverage but then English or like ITV analysis and commentary but we couldn't hear anything and I just looked down and remember seeing Hackett going like uh, time out, time out. And the ref, and there was about seven, eight or seven seconds left of that of that sort of portion. And, and the ref sort of looked at him and you could hear a collective laugh in the press box. There was a collective, on, on my side anyway, I was beside, I was just behind KOA, or sorry, just in front of KOA, Dave Logan, Brandon Castell, and then Talksport were to our side. So everyone was laughing. <laughs> It was like, oh dear. Um, and then just the reality, just oh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to be down as somebody, but you know, at the end of the day, like, um, there's no point in sort of covering the cracks. There was a lot of talk about how it going into this game, and it was a bit frustrating to watch, especially when we had got to that position that we were in, and you didn't want them to mess it up. <laughs> so, um, Stuart, I, I don't know if you've seen that on the screen, but even the commentary, you even the commentators. In the UK, we're laughing at that on on TV the other night. Yeah, I think um, it wasn't a Mick that you can you can tell the referee I want to take the time out when there's one second left on 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 the play clock, wasn't that? And I think supposedly Coach Hackett was going to take it when there was seven seconds left, and the, yeah. the ref said, "You do know that you know I can do this for you one second left." That was the that was the rumor going around anyway. Um, you know, I didn't personally didn't see it, but that that uh, that's what was being spoken about. And I think, as you know, just as Colin was talking about it there, I think for me there was, you know, I, I think with Russell Wilson, you, you kind of, there was a couple of moments where it was almost like he was going with muscle memory because he isn't playing well. I think it's safe to say that Russell Wilson isn't playing well. He's not playing as well as we'd hoped. But there are moments when he had a, a key scramble for a first down on that last drive. But the, obviously the, the big one was the deep ball to, to KJ Hamler. Um, and that's where you kind of, it's almost like a, 
you know, a, a heavyweight boxer who's kind of towards the end of his career, who's remembering those big knockout punches that he would have had when he was younger. And um, that to me was the point you go, okay, that's the reason why you trade away those picks is to get somebody who can deliver a deep ball um, in that moment. Because to be honest with you, I didn't look like it was going to happen that the Broncos were going to march down the field. So it was going to take one of those chunk plays. But just on one other thing, Mick, what, uh, you, you, were, you were very keen for me to ask a question in the press conference and I was about to, um, but then I didn't realize that those press conferences are, are like a feeding frenzy, um, which is how quick you need to. Who are we going to ask? I was, what I was going to ask was, I was going to say to him, um, you know, given how notoriously difficult the tight end position is to master as a rookie, you must be very happy with how Greg Dulcich has come on and in the last couple of weeks. And Can I just say know, his hair in real life is... What but I was, I, I was also the only person who laughed at that joke that 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 Coach Hackett cracked about Greg Dolch's hair as he was busy. Somebody else asked the question, but I, I laughed maybe a little bit too loudly, um, and nobody else did. And then I kind of I thought I was going to be asked to leave. Um, but I, you know, all, all nonsense aside, I think uh, Greg Dolch was huge, particularly on that drive. And I think you know I was listening to Stink um, on his show yesterday, and he was saying you know he really loves Greg Dolch because. Not only is he that deep ball threat, not only is he, is he a mismatch against linebackers, and you know, which is kind of a, a player that we wanted to be, we wanted Fan to be, and I think he's one of those players that, as we've said here before, has destroyed us consistently over the years. It's great that it looks like we have our own one, but what Stink loves is the fact that he gets he he mucks in in regards to the run game. Um, he's not just somebody who's solely there on passing downs; like he will do his best. And Stink was saying he's not the best run blocker in the world. Um, but his willingness to try and learn and his willingness to stick his head in there and his willingness to to sort of put his hand up and go, I'll do my best. Um, Stink was was very impressed by that because um, the kind of the pass catching and the route running and the, and the size and the speed and that kind of mismatch combo, like that's abundant for, for everybody to see. So I think Dolchich has been a massive um, and, and slightly unexpected bonus in the last few weeks just because, as I said, Mick, that, that tight end position, you, you don't get quality tight ends in, in as rookies it just doesn't happen you know and um, so he's been he's been huge and he was he that drive in you know at the start of the third quarter that was the the Greg Dulcich drive he was very unlucky not to score that touchdown you know he was stopped in the half yard line um so I I hope Russell Wilson keeps leaning on him I think we've needed somebody like that for I, I honestly probably since Julius Thomas retired to be honest with you um so Dulcich has been massive um and uh, yeah, so that that to me was was it, it was it was good to see you know in those key moments, um, you had players like Wilson showing their their pedigree. So KJ Hamler, who probably had burnt his his cornerback repeatedly throughout the last you know the last couple of games, just didn't get the ball. Um, famously, you know, had a bit of a tantrum when Wilson missed him on a wide open play to win the game against the Colts. I think it was it was the Chargers. Um, it was great to see him. That was a massive contribution from him. Um, and look, just one last thing, Michael Williams. He's got one arm, as Hackett said in, in the press conference. The man, his other arm basically is is kind of is in you know uh, almost looks like a medieval contraption. It's so banged up. Incredible effort um, to to intercept that ball. A dreadful pass by Trevor Lawrence, who you know, as Colin has been sort of saying, you know, you begin to kind of wonder if. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If if Lawrence is, is going to be the player that they, they hoped he would be, they don't really have, apart from Travis Etienne, they don't have an awful lot around him. I see they, they traded for Ridley, who's suspended, ironically, for betting on Jags games. Um, but but as badly, uh, you know, timed and as poorly thrown as the ball was, that was still a, that was a superhuman effort for Williams to make that interception, given his physical state at the moment. And he's been a fantastic pickup, really, you know, really under the radar pickup, uh, just, just a super... Super player. I mean, the Broncos secondary is as advertised. It's phenomenal. Colin, just a big, uh, big relief when that happened. I, I, I want to make sure we cut as many, or we want to get on as many things here as we can before we talk about yesterday's trade news. But um, just such a memorable weekend, and you know, it really is something that we're going to look back on with such positivity. I mean, we met Ian Sinclair in person on Saturday. Uh, fantastic to meet him. Big shout out to Ian. Um, Obviously, meeting everybody from you know, obviously Broncos media and stuff was uh, pretty cool. It's big Steve Atwater, Mike Cliss, except I mean, like Brandon Cristal deserves a shout out here. Oh, uh, absolutely! And uh, all, can we also when we talked about Greg Dulcich's hair, Ryan Green's hair is, is equally as impressive in person. Unbelievable! And, and shout out to uh, the the DNVR crew who came into the event on Saturday night. That, that 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 event and just a massive thanks to everyone that turned up. I mean, it was. I don't want. I don't want to start crying. So let's. Uh, yeah, let's, no. Let's to go. all to all the Denver media, Romy, Troy, everyone. In fairness, they were all like Bruce. massively welcoming and really supportive. So kudos to them. Well, they're they're still. I mean, Romy at the time recording is still over here enjoying herself in Paris. So she's enjoying herself in in some sense. But then some of them, uh, and that's how the presser ended early. Some of them were uh, very quickly home. And the one thing I said about the presser is. I can't believe Wilson walked out in a Liverpool jersey. Now, Colin met Russell Wilson very oh. briefly on uh, Friday morning. Very small, isn't he, Colin? Really? He's he's all business, is, uh, is Rusty. <laughs> super, super focused. Oh, God. Is there anything anybody else wants to mention about the game before we get into the trade? I mean, look, it was uh, unforgettable. Like, just great, great, great day. Great to have the Broncos back and, and hopefully... Uh, Hopefully they do come back, even as an away team, uh, to London or or Germany over the next four to five years. I know it would mean an awful lot to people if if it did happen, and and please God, let let's hope it happens. Anything anybody else wants to say in regards to it? No, well, I, I just think like uh, ahead, sorry, yeah, no, I just think you know maybe it doesn't come into it, but you would have you'd like to think that the fact that the the Broncos country from all over the world particularly Europe in this instance, travelled so well. Um, I mean, let's be honest, the Jaguars have played, I don't know, countless home games now. Or sorry, countless games that were, were home games in Wembley. Um, and yet the biggest crowd so far of 85,000 is the one that they played the Broncos. And, you know, when I arrived on the train 
Um, it was a sea of orange. It really was. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's true. There was a smattering of Jaguars fans and the train was packed. It was Peyton Manning jerseys. It was Steve Atwater jerseys. It was Elway jerseys. It was Von Miller jerseys. Everywhere you looked, there were there were orange. Um, so I, I hope that, you know, maybe it may not be London for some time, Nick. I know, you, you know, you had sort of, Sort of, sort of been hammering home the, the the need for for us to get over for this one because it could be a decade, but hopefully you know Germany might be something that's on the cards. I don't know how likely it is, but you know the Broncos, the fans really, uh, it was incredible to see, and there was so many Americans travelled over from Colorado. It seemed like, um, but yeah, but the Broncos have always been pretty popular in Europe. They're not as popular as maybe say the Steelers or the Patriots may have been, but they, it, you know, it seemed like every Broncos fan in Europe was there at the weekend. It was it was really heartwarming. It was fantastic. And, and you know, this hasn't been a f- particularly great time for Broncos. You know, it's not like it was the, the 2013 or the, the 2015 Manning Broncos or Von Miller Broncos. These, this is the Broncos team that's been in transition, you know, and, and to the point where you wonder if the transition's ever going to turn back towards success. So the fact that they still came out in en masse for, for a Broncos team that's kind of, trying to find its identity to me was a huge credit to them. So I, I hope there's an opportunity to go back. I really do, because it was a just a brilliant day. Well, I think the the Azteca will probably be next to turn orange. And uh, it might not be Germany. I would keep an eye on Madrid and Paris. Uh, I think it, that it's an inevitability that there will be uh, an increasing number of uh, in NFL games around the world. So uh, hopefully, yeah, as an, as an away team. But I think the next home game, I'm I going to say, yeah, the, the Azteca in, within the next three years, I would imagine. My sauces, um, PHP, Daddy's, Heinz indicate that next year is the AFC's year for the International Home Marketing Agreement. Uh, so an AFC team will have to be the home team in London and in Mexico and in Germany. There are rumors that Germany is going to get two games and Mexico might not get one. So um, I, I do I do believe, yeah, it'll be Mexico will be next. Um, let's see what happens. I think if, if anything, and, and we, we will talk about this maybe um, maybe in the off season more, but I think it would be great to have a discussion with Damani Leach and the Broncos about ways that we can continue to to grow the fan the fans and the and the fandom in the UK because I think even if they were to come in on a Friday the next time it would still be a great experience and we would love for it to happen. Colm, I don't want to bring the mood down, but um we seen Bradley Chubb's last game on Sunday. Um Bradley Chubb who tried to take the mick out of me on Wednesday or was it Thursday? Thanks thanks for that mate. That that was great fun. And uh, I'm joking he, he was having a laugh. Um we get a first round pick next year. Uh, the Dolphins giving up uh, the 2023 first round draft pick, which was originally the 49ers. Um, and the Broncos getting Chase Edmonds um, and a few more picks thrown in there as well. But Chubb going to Miami. Miami are clearly in a Super Bowl window. And uh, I'll put it out there now. I wish Astronaut the very, very best and hope that he that he wins a Lombardi this year with Miami because Miami's offense on this day is the best offense in the league because nobody can cover Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill at the same time. So if they get it together, they're going to be the best team in the playoffs 
if they get to the wild card. So the very, very best luck to Bradley Chubb. I know Collins already looking at me going, they're going one of the, the bills are the best already looking to give me that look. But um, for now, I'm going to take the sign ball by Bradley Chubb behind me and throw it into the bin. And so I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Colm, I'm, I'm still emotional at this, but I think it was sort of obvious last week, even from speaking with people inside the team, inside the media, that it, this was going to happen regardless. And, and George Payton said yesterday that would have been the case. He would have been moved regardless of uh, of the record. They had to get some value from him getting back. Um, what surprised me is nobody else was traded. Uh, there was whispers about Judy. There was even whispers about Dalton Reisner, which were shot down when we spoke to people last week about it. Um, but still, uh, Chubb was a, was a great servant, both on and off the field, and he'll be missed in Denver. Yeah, certainly he he will be missed, but this this was was inevitable. Uh, once you know you saw the moves that the Broncos had made in terms of the commitment to Gregory, um, Baron Browning is there, Nick Benito. So you know you use one of your um, top picks in that you had this year because obviously there was no first round, but you you use that at edge. Um, that that was kind of, of telling, and so the to get something that's part of it, getting it back. And obviously Bradley Chubb is in, in his fifth year. So what are you going to get, you know, if, if he walks potentially is a, as a comp pick, but the other part of this is this is the reality of having a QB on a superstar contract. This is what people, you know, need to, to realize. And, and as much as we hate, we hate him, but, and Tom Brady taking the haircut for all those years in New England is what allowed them to remain competitive. Okay. This is the Packers. The reality for the Packers is Aaron Rodgers is on absolutely mega money. And therefore they had to, to move on from Adams. And now he has no one to throw to, and he's throwing the toys out of the pram instead. Um, this is also, yes, we traded for Russell Wilson. We, we didn't take a, our own QB at the, the top end of the draft. You mentioned the Dolphins. The Dolphins went up and, and, and they, they got Tua. And therefore, you have the cost control for five years. Obviously, then you have to, to pay it. But with the Broncos, it's kind of both. It's giving away the, the draft picks plus the contract. So you're always scrambling a little bit because you're, you're, you're looking to bring some of those draft picks back in. And I get it, right? Because George Payton's draft picks have been really good. But Stuart talked about um, the the O-line earlier. That is an area that the Broncos are going to have to address. So be that either in free agency, which is going to require money, or be that in the, the draft. Now, we've seen Seattle be very successful with their draft picks this year and even their their rookie O-line guys. And I think this is where we're seeing a little bit of change um, to the league. Previously, it took O-line guys a long time to come in. Um, but Tristan Wirfs is perhaps, you know, set a new benchmark. Tristan Wirfs, um, you know, uh, before he, he got injured, was the best right tackle in the game and had looked like that since he came into the, the league. He won a, a Super Bowl in his first season, in his season, the COVID season, um, the season without preseason, which we're told rookies uh, need. Well, Tristan Worst didn't need it. Um, and we've seen Rayshon Slater with the Chargers be absolutely phenomenal as well. So, you know, have a, the Broncos will have to address that, okay? The... But Bowles and Quinn Miners, I think, are the only two who are absolutely assured to be here next year. And that's uh, ensure like as long as Quinn keeps playing to the level that he has been and keeps developing. Um, 
otherwise you could be looking at Garrett Bowles as you know your only um piece on the the O line that's left over. So there is a lot of work to do. That's the reason I I understand the trade and and bringing um you know getting the the picks back in. It is obviously sad to to see a quality player leave, but that 2018 draft is really unusual right when you take the the first eight picks baker mayfield was the the first overall traded sam darnold was third overall traded bradley chubb fifth overall traded and roquan smith was eighth traded so half of the top eight picks in that um are now have have been traded to another team um, which is, is fascinating to, to look at. And uh, I think that you had another three then who were extended and one Saquon playing on his fifth-year option. So you would say three out of the eight were surefire hits, so less than uh, 50%, 50%. So we are going to be leaning into George Payton's ability to draft, certainly. Um, and thus far, he has, you know, had a, an impressive hit rate, but he is really going to need that to, to happen next year. Can't wait to see this first round pick next year. At least the draft is now relevant to us next year, Stuart. Finally. I can now ask my boss for an opportunity to go to the combine and get a two-week trip to the States. Not going to happen. But seriously, though, it um, feels like a mini end of an year with Chubb leaving and uh, wish him all the best. And Chase Edmonds, do you believe all this hype about the, oh, he's going to be he's going to be the third-choice running back? Or what's what's your thoughts, man? He probably will be the third-choice running back, Michael, uh, Michael. But that's literally just so he can kind of block and catch passes out of the backfield. Chase Edmonds is not really done much in his NFL career um, as a runner. Certainly, he's actually almost got as many yards as a receiver as he has as a running back. So, um, I would, uh, I, I, you know, I think people have a tendency to get excited by these players that are included in deals and then you kind of almost never hear them again or you wonder what the hype was about. Um, I, you know, it is a bit of an end of an era in the sense that I think we all got very excited when we drafted Chul because we thought he was going to take over um, from... Um, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't remember his name. Chapel came over from the Cowboys, Hall of Famer, won the Super Bowl. I'm just having a Marcus Ware. Marcus. Yes, my God, I can't believe I had a blank to Marcus. Of course, my God. You know, we thought he it's was going to take mixture, it. Worry, it has been a long week. But we thought, you know, we were all very excited. But there's a couple of things, Michael. At the end of the day, Bradley Chubb is not Josh Allen. Um, and I think that will maybe be his epithet and, and maybe John Elway's. The other thing is Bradley Chubb has 26 career sacks. Um, for somebody picked fifth overall, that's nowhere near good enough. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, he he was injured for an awful lot of that time, but that's sort of part of it. Bradley Chubb was a good player. He never really reached anything close to the heights of his rookie year. Um, and it made sense. The word on the street, Mike, uh, you know, uh, it, it seemed pretty well known when we got over to London that, that it was almost inevitable that Chubb was going to be gone out the door. It was only a question of anybody else was going to go with them. Um, so I think they've done well to get a first round pick for that. I think it's important. I think we've had a sort of a sticking plaster uh, approach to the right tackle, um, which is bizarre because it doesn't work. 
Um, it hasn't worked and it's it's showing no signs of working. So it's great to get back into the first round. But if we pick anything other than tackle, then I think uh, George Payton needs his head examined. Um, this was a good move if it if it locks down the right hand side because we we just you just can't get away with this. We seem to think that it's going to be fine to have one tackle that's half decent in balls and the other one is some bloke that we pick up off the street. Um, it's just not good enough. It has to be fixed. Um, I think it kind of to me as well, Michael. One of the things that's interesting about this is. I hope now this leads to Draymond Jones getting paid and getting getting locked down fairly quickly because I think just looking at it the other day and maybe Bradley Chubb was holding himself back. Um, you could see how much of a leader he was on the sidelines. But to me, looking at the game, uh, Draymond Jones was the player who, who was constantly in the Jaguars' backfield. He was the one that was seemingly had had caused Lawrence all kinds of fits. So I think Draymond Jones needs to be paid. I, I I think he's just getting better and better. He's just been named AFC Defensive Player of the Week, rightly so. Um, and I think you know Browning in particular, his emergence. I know Nick Benito had a strip sack the other day, but Browning in particular, I think the performance he had recently um, probably helped. Unfortunately, he got injured, but I don't think it's too serious an injury. So it just made Bradley Chubb expendable. It was the right thing to do. It was a clever move. Um, I'm kind of glad they held on to the other pieces. Um, well, I'm glad they held on to Jerry Judy. I don't think there was any takers for Dalton Reisner. I don't think there's any takers for Alberto. I was surprised that nobody inquired about Alberto because um, we're not using him. He's not dressed for weeks. Um, Dulcich has clearly gone past him now. So, you know, may, you might even see him cut. I don't know what the rules are regarding that, but I was surprised we didn't get even a late round pick for Alberto. Um, but no, I, I was happy, you know, as I said, you never want to see a player who was a good guy and a team captain leave, but it was the right move. And I think George deserves credit for that. And it gets us back into that draft, but we have to use it on a tackle. We have to use it on tackle. I think next week with the bye this week, we should maybe do uh, like a review or sort of our thoughts so far, which could be an interesting podcast. And obviously looking forward to the, to the game, I think in um, Tennessee in week 11. Um and week week ten, shall I say? Sorry, call me these these weeks are getting to me. Have, have you anything else that you want to add, Colin, to this uh, to this wonderful reminiscing podcast that uh, is quite frankly making me quite emotional today because I uh, I just loved last weekend. I hope that the Broncos can use the time in London and the win to coalesce around. Okay, we we heard in the players talk about in the the presser that it was the first real opportunity for them to to get together. They all went out together in London. They all ate together. Um, it wasn't mandatory, but everybody showed up. And you, you know the the way in which the NFL has gone now. For it used to be the case that teams at, for preseason would go away, right? Um, and they would kind of decamp for a couple of weeks and the team would be together and it was a way for them to bond. And that is no longer the case. Generally, players and teams are, are at home and that makes sense. But this was a few days where the teams and we heard the, you know, the the team and, and the media talk about this. For the vast majority of them, they were, it was just the players. And so I, that's my hope that uh, they bonded, they really came together and the victory can act as a catalyst. I think if it doesn't, Michael, that would be very, very telling. Um, it's a tough second half to the schedule um, and when we need the players to really come together. But 
they, this was the opportunity. The feel-good factor was there for the fans. The fans turned out in their thousands. All the other aspects, the comms team, the marketing team, the uh, front office, the owners, everyone showed up. Everyone did played their part. And in fairness, the football side of things showed up on Sunday as well. But now it's up to the football side to continue that and to show up for the second, second half of the season. Going to be really intriguing to see how it plays out. It will. I would like to thank to thank the Broncos for these uh, lovely T-shirts that people can't see. I know Colm's got a few at the house. The London is Broncos country T-shirts, uh, with the lovely Broncos font, and just just a lovely T-shirt to have. And we just thank the Broncos for what was a a memorable few days. Thanks to the Broncos for uh, the ball that was presented for the bar, um, and I think that's on behalf of every fan in Europe regard or you know outside of the US wherever you're from I know the amount of people that we met on Saturday night that I think it talked about how much it really meant to them I was filming myself like an idiot outside the stadium for work on Sunday and the amount of people that came up and were chatting it was just uh, fantastic to see including a man that was outside Starbucks at a quarter past 12 on Sunday uh relaxing and having fun Mr Stuart Roach good to see him as well no lads look um brilliant weekend and if we can't do it again soon, we're all going to have to get over to Denver. But uh, I guess start to think, I want your thoughts so far on this season next week. And we're going to get our final predictions for the season next week in the sense of we're going to predict our final record next week and look ahead to the Titans game. But uh, for now, this has been the Dublin to Denver podcast. Big thanks to Malhai Report. You can check me out on Twitter at Michael underscore NFL at Colum from Cork, C-O-L-U-M and at Purple Heart TC that's with two T's apparently uh, but I know everyone already follows Columbus Shirt anyway so feel free to give me a follow as well uh, and get some Broncos engagement up and all here lads look great crack great weekends and uh, it couldn't have been any better I couldn't I couldn't have uh, enjoyed it with better people there's the right thing to say I'm, I'm, I'm too tired lads after this weekend I'm exhausted but for now uh, look chat to you soon go Broncos go Broncos go Broncos go Broncos